Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. Well, the Raiders go into the dog pound, and on a cold, windy, and sometimes snowy day, beat the Cleveland Browns 16-6. It was reminiscent of old-school football from the 70s, as the Raiders controlled the clock, ran Josh Jacobs, and played great defense. Yes, Raider Nation, I said great defense. Can't remember the last time I put those two words together. Hey, but you got to give credit where credit's due. A gutsy win, and let's not forget about that offensive line as well. Still not playing with a full deck, but continue to get the job done. The Raiders beat the Browns for the third straight time, and the bottom line is this. They bounce back in a big way to move a game over 500 and pick up their third win on the road this year. The Silver and Black are now 3-1 and one away from home and just 1-2 and two in their new friendly confines. It's a remarkable turnaround because the Raiders won a combined three games on the road the last two seasons. The last time the Raiders won three games on the road in a season, 2016, when they went 6-2. and two. Now, I said leading up to this game, Raider Nation, if you think the Raiders' road success was going to continue, then you should have put down some cash on them. The Raiders were underdogs, and the line bounced between three and a half points to a point. Well, for the third time this season, the Silver and Black win as dogs. Up next is the LA Chargers. And if you want to check out the point spread and the over-under, then you should head to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. If you haven't been to this site, it's fantastic. Do yourself a favor and check it out. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It's 24-7 action. It's a great site, and I highly recommend it. Okay, it's time for Ackerman's A-list player of the game. And I think there's several worthy candidates following the Raiders' 10-point win over the Browns. Now, Derek Carr didn't finish with eye-popping numbers, but I thought he did a great job leading the offense, putting guys in position to make plays, and doing some damage once again with his legs. I also considered giving it to the entire defense. I know it's an individual award, but coming into this game, the Raiders were the only team that had given up 24 points or more in every contest. So to hold Cleveland to a pair of field goals is really impressive. But this week's winner, running back Josh Jacobs. The second year back at Alabama carried it a career-high 31 times. 
and he finished with a season-high 128 yards. It was the first time he broke the century mark this season and the sixth time in his career. He also tied a season-high with a 16-yard run. This was a terrific bounce-back game for Jacobs. As I stated in my game preview, the run game had struggled. Jacobs was coming off a 17-yard rushing performance against Tampa Bay, and his average yards per carry was way down from a year ago. But on a day with terrible weather conditions, wind chill in the low 30s, over 30-mile-an-hour winds, and at times the snow coming down hard, the Raiders' run game was a thing of beauty to watch, and it was led by Josh Jacobs, and you know he was all smiles following this game. As a team, the Raiders rushed for over 200 yards, and they did it despite the fact their offensive line was missing two key starters. Okay, Raider Nation, it's report card time, and it's good marks across the board. Let's begin with the offense, and it started on the wrong foot even before the game got going. Right tackle Trent Brown was supposed to start, but he became ill this morning, and according to quarterback Derek Carr, Brown was wheeled out of the team locker room. Now, the team says Brown's illness isn't COVID-related, and that's about all we know at this time. Brown was replaced in the starting lineup by Sam Young, but once again, Young couldn't finish, and Brandon Parker came in and played really well. A far cry from last week when he was flagged for two illegal formation penalties. As I mentioned a few times already, the weather conditions didn't lend itself to trying to be balanced on offense. No, this was a game the Silver and Black were going to rely on their offensive line and pound in the rock. I already mentioned Jacob's season-high numbers, but he wasn't the only one to contribute. Devontae Booker played well in relief of Jacobs, rushing for 29 yards on five carries. And how about quarterback Derek Carr? I talked about it in my preview, how well Carr is extending plays with his feet and seems so much more comfortable this year taking off when the pocket breaks down. Carr was the Raiders' second-leading rusher with 41 yards on six carries, and there was a couple of key runs. The first one was in the third quarter with a game tied. The Raiders faced a third and eight from just inside their 40-yard line. With the pocket collapsing around him and no receivers open, Carr scrambled for 11 yards and a first down. He was so fired up after that play. And that's just a great sign of his maturation this season, taking what the defense gives him. The second big run came in the fourth quarter. Raiders up seven and looking to add another TD to ice this one. On second and 11 from the Cleveland 23 in what looked like a designed read option, Carr kept it for 18 yards. And although he fumbled at the end of the play, the Raiders were fortunate enough to recover. Their ugly goal line issues from a year ago reared its ugly head as the Raiders failed to punch it in following first and goal from the three, but it didn't come back to haunt them as they had to settle for a Carlson chip shot. Carr's passing numbers weren't anything to write home about, completing 15 of 24 for 112 yards and one touchdown pass to Hunter Renfro. He should have had two touchdown passes as Henry Ruggs III looked like he got both feet down on a reception in the end zone, but it was ruled incomplete. So the Raiders challenged. And somebody please tell me what the replay booth was looking at because if you blow up the video, you can see green turf in between Ruggs' foot and the sideline. Should have been six. Now, I know at the same time, a lot of people thought Renfro's touchdown catch hit the ground. So, you know, what's the use of replay if there's no consistency? Somebody please tell me. By the way, Carr's average yards per attempt 
was just under five. But this game was all about the offensive line controlling the line of scrimmage and the Raiders run game eating up yards as well as the clock. The Raiders had only three drives in the entire second half. The first one ended in six points, 15 plays, 75 yards, and took nearly nine minutes a clock, 8.54 to be exact. The second drive was just as impressive. The Raiders came away with three points, 13 plays, 74 yards, 8 minutes, 47 seconds. The final drive came with the Raiders up 10, just needing one first down to ice it, and they held it for the final minute 54. Overall, the Raiders controlled the clock for nearly 38 minutes. I mean, that is a staggering number. They picked up 24 first downs and rushed for more than 200 yards. And one final shout-out to that Raiders O-line. On their first drive of the game that led to points, they converted a pair of fourth and ones. Here's Josh Jacobs on today's bounce-back performance and Gruden talking about his offensive line. It just feels good knowing that coming in after last week and I feel like, like I said, it was embarrassing to me. I feel like I underperformed. Um, and just being able to get that opportunity again this week and um, coming out here and making the best out of every play, uh, it feels good. Brandon Parker woke up today. He was inactive. He was not going to be active. Trent Brown was the right tackle. Sam Young was the swing tackle. And Brandon Parker was eating breakfast thinking he was inactive. And then, wouldn't you know, uh, he's pressed into service early in the game. And um, we're fortunate to have him. And uh, you got to give the offensive line and, and Tom Cable and Greg Olson a great amount of credit. Um, what they've been through the last two weeks uh, is incomprehensible. Uh, but I think football people understand what we've been through up front in the last couple ball games is um, it's, it's bizarre. I know they only scored 16 points, but I'm going to give that offense an A minus. And the only reason it's not an A is because I'm going to nitpick here. When they had it first and goal from the three, they had to settle for three instead of six. Okay, now to the much maligned defense. And after saying last week it was time for Paul Gunther to go at the end of the season, what does the Raiders' defense do? Comes away with its most impressive performance is probably the Cincinnati game week 11 of last year. The Browns' offense entered the game averaging almost 29 points a game, and they were held to two field goals, no touchdowns, and six points. Let that sink in, Raider Nation. The last time a Raiders defense held an opponent out of the end zone for an entire game was week 15 of the 2012 season when they shut out the Kansas City Chiefs 15-0. The Raiders defense allowed just 223 total yards. That's the fewest in the Paul Gunther era. The Browns only had six drives for the entire game because the Raiders' offense dominated time of possession. Now, of course, my brother was quick to point out that the defense didn't have to do much because they weren't on the field. But I said, you know what? Don't sell them short this week. They played well. The Browns had three drives of more than 10 plays that resulted in two field goals and a missed field goal. The other three possessions, a turnover and two punts. The turnover was a fumble recovery, and it was the first of the season for the defense. Linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski caused it, and Nicholas Morrow recovered. Morrow now has two of the Raiders' four turnovers this season. That's it, just four. That number has got to continue to increase. 
Now, the way the first quarter started, you wouldn't have thought this was going to be a great defensive performance as the Raiders jumped off sides three times. Inexcusable. But they got the turnover, and after that, the defense was trending in the right direction. At the start of the second quarter, they lost Maurice Hurst, who didn't return, and we'll have to wait and find out his status moving forward. The Raiders' D played stout the rest of the half and limited Cleveland to three points and 92 total yards of offense in the first half. Now, the second half was strange in terms of each team only had one possession in the third quarter. Browns took the opening kickoff and marched right down the field. But the Raiders' defense stood tall. On third and six from the Raider 19, it appeared Mayfield hooked up with Jarvis Landry for a touchdown. But replay showed the ball hit the ground. So it was an incomplete pass, and the Browns had to settle for a field goal. Now the fourth quarter is where I thought the Raiders' D earned its money. The Silver and Black had just taken a seven-point lead, and I was wondering, how is this Raiders' defense going to respond? I mean, so crucial if they could stop Cleveland, get the ball back, and they would have all the momentum. Well, the Raiders' defense did come up with a stop. And I admit, it was aided by Brown's tight end David Njoku dropping a first down pass on third and eight. But you know what, Raider Nation? Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And then, with the Raiders up 10 and Cleveland on the move, defensive back LaMarcus Joyner came up with a couple of huge defensive plays. The first was a pass breakup in the end zone as he leaped to get a piece of a pass intended for an open Jarvis Landry. Then, on the following play, Landry was open again in the end zone, but this time Joyner put a big hit on him, and the play resulted in an incomplete pass. After that, Browns kicker Cody Parkey shanked a 37-yard field goal that would have made it a one-score game. The Raiders never let Baker Mayfield get into a rhythm, and as a result, he completed less than 50% of his passes for just 122 yards. After the game, Gruden was very complimentary of the defensive performance. Well, turnovers. You know, we got the early turnover. Um, we wanted to be able to get more hats to the ball, give up the uh, – knock out the big plays. We can't keep giving up big plays. Uh, eliminate the big plays, certainly, and uh, try to create some turnovers. Those were priorities. And really just start playing uh, more consistently. And um, – that's what we're after here. We, we still have a long way to go. We're hoping Damon Arnett can return soon. But we did make some, some strides today. I thought we had a lot of contributors. We didn't have as many mental errors. We just got to stay on sides. The three offsides in the first quarter were ridiculous. But after that, I think we settled down and played okay. My grade for the Raiders' defense is an A. Let's hope, Raider Nation, this wasn't an aberration and there's more of these type of performances moving forward. Finally, the special teams. Kicker Daniel Carlson was successful on three field goal attempts from 29, 33, and 24. I'm not going to fault him for missing a 41-yarder because those were very difficult kicking conditions today. The one he missed actually looked like it was going to be good until a huge gust caught it at the end. And what happened? Clanked off the upright. Punter A.J. Cole, he nearly had the afternoon off. He punted just once, and it was a beauty a 56-yarder pinning Cleveland inside their own 20. Hunter Renfro had one punt return for 13 yards, and Jalen Richard had a couple of kickoff returns. Overall grade, an A. I told you Raider Nation it was going to be a good report card. 
All right. Now the Raiders return to divisional play next week as the Silver and Black return to one of their former homes, Los Angeles. They'll take on the Chargers in the brand-new SoFi Stadium. Chargers lost another close one, falling to Denver Broncos on the final play of the game, 31-30. I'll have a preview of that one later in the week. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.